Bear with me as we get things going. Here we go. And uh, again, welcome to Pulpit of Flame Ministries. Excited about our very, very first broadcast. And uh, you'll have to bear with us tonight. We've got uh, some new technology going on. And uh, we're uh, just because of, of just the, the weather today and, and uh, not being able to travel out tonight, we uh, decided to uh, just do everything this way. So I uh, wanted to, to ask you to, uh, to just pray with me tonight and uh, we'll uh, get things started. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for the opportunity to be uh, just with folks tonight uh, by way of technology. And I pray you'd help us as we talk about some things in the scriptures and kind of lay out the dream for our ministries. And uh, just uh, thank you for your goodness to us. And I do pray you keep folks safe as they're traveling out there in the snow. And I uh, pray you'd bless us in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Uh, just again, we're getting things started. And uh, just let me introduce um, what we're doing here. I'm Dr. Doug Brandenburg. And uh, we'd like to introduce to you Pulpit Aflame Ministries. Uh, we have three main goals in our ministry. Uh, number one is the preaching of the gospel. Second of all is the publishing of materials to help believers in their walk with God and their work for God. And then the third area is preparing believers to do the, the work of God and, uh, and to, to study the Word of God. And so we're going to talk a little bit about some of the things that we're trying to do. I'd like to tell you a little bit more about the ministries. And then we're going to get into some, a little bit of a Bible study on why we chose the name Pulpit of Flame. Um, first of all, we, the main goal of our ministry is preaching. I am a preacher of the gospel. Uh, I, I've now been preaching for, uh, let me try to do the math, 42 years. Uh, July, June will be 43 years. And uh, I surrendered to preach at the Troy Baptist Temple in Troy, Ohio, under Dr. Tom Duff. And uh, just God has, has gripped my life with this thought of getting out the gospel to the world and preaching the word of God. And so we say preaching, uh, we're talking about preaching local church revivals uh, in churches, calling uh, God's people back to him and uh, getting churches revived. And, uh, and then preaching evangelistic meetings. My mentor, Dr. Joe Boyd, taught us to go get sinners and win them to Christ and bring them down the aisle. And uh, he used to talk about that, uh, that we really don't go soul winning, we go prospect hunting. And a prospect is somebody who needs to get saved, or they've been saved, they need to be baptized. Or they've been baptized, they need to be in church. And that's who we're looking for. And those kind of meetings are designed to help churches get people saved and bring them uh, to church. And then uh, also in addition to preaching those kind of meetings, uh, youth revivals and camps and, and those kind of things. Our second area of ministry uh, is that of publishing. Uh, I believe in the written word. Uh, one of the things my pastor, Dr. Duff, told me uh, when I was a teenager, in fact, when I surrendered to preach at the age of 14, uh, I asked him uh, what kind of classes should I take in, in school. I was in a public high school, and uh, we didn't have a Christian school in our area. So I was going to the public high school there in Troy, and he said, Brother Doug, major in printing. I said, why? He said, every day you hand out a track. He pulled out and showed me our church tracks. And then he said, uh, every day, uh, you, you know, every month, we put out newsletters and here at the church. And you need to know how to do that. So I majored in printing. And uh, because of that, I fell in love with the printed page and what we could do with books and things. And, and so we've got uh, books already in publication. We're doing uh, many books on doctrinal subjects and practical things. Uh, excited about those. Uh, one of the things that we're, we're doing is also reviving some old-time 
uh, out-of-print booklets. Uh, we've published one already, uh, Will a Saved Person Ever Be Lost? And things like that. And uh, bringing back some old-timey stuff. But then books that we've, that we've written and books on uh, the, church, uh, the, the church bus manual and uh, things like uh, Sitting Sail for Church Growth, How to Build a Sunday School and How to Train uh, Sunday School Workers. And, and so that's our printed materials. We have a lot of things we're excited about. Uh, we're working on that. And then recorded messages. Uh, on our website, pulpitoflame.com, we'll be putting things on there with archives of sermons. I, I love preaching. Uh, I love hearing preaching. I love to preach, and I love to hear the old-timers preach. I, I love listening to a Lester Roloff, uh, uh, you know, a Joe Boyd, a Jack Howes. I love to hear those voices that, for, for some of us my age, we got to hear them in person. And uh, John R. Rice got to hear him many times. Well, the new generation has not heard these great men of God. And so our on our website, we'll have an archive of those kind of messages, as well as our sermons that are out there, both audio and video. And uh, we'll be telling you more about that as we go along. And uh, so the publishing is a very important area. But another area that we're working on is that of preparing. In 2 Timothy 2.2, Paul told Timothy, And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. As a believer, it's our, it's our responsibility not just to win folks to Christ, but to disciple them. And it's also our job as preachers to help the next generation know how to serve the Lord. And so a big part of what we're trying to do in Pulpit of Flame Ministries is to help a new generation learn how to serve God. And one of the ways we're doing that is with ministry training. That means coming to your church as an evangelist and, and holding uh, the setting sail for church growth conferences. In these meetings, we teach your Sunday school teachers how students learn. We help them organize their Sunday school, and, uh, and we help with their children's church. And uh, we help those that are teaching the Bible do it more effectively. And, uh, and then also in our bus worker conferences, where we teach hands-on how to do bus routes. And uh, a bus is still a great tool to reach people with the gospel. And uh, there's, it's no better way than to go to neighborhoods uh, and reach families that are not churched and get them to the house of God. And uh, Jesus did say, go out to the highways and hedges and compel them to come in. And uh, so we, we want to help teach how to do that. And then uh, soul winning workshops, practical, hands-on, how to go soul winning. One of the greatest memories of my life is when I traveled Dr. Joe Boyd. And he would teach us every morning from 9 until noon how to go soul winning. He would teach us those things of, of memorizing the verses and knowing how to answer questions. And we would we'd practice those things as the preacher boys. We'd sit down and we'd, we'd practice with each other. I think I got led to the Lord about 200 times that summer. And, uh, but it helped me. Well, our conferences do the same kind of thing. They're hands-on teaching people how to win folks to Christ. And then we teach them how to develop prospect lists and go out and get them and win them to Christ. Another area of, of ministry training, of preparation, is this, the Timothy Institute of Biblical Studies. I'm a firm believer in Bible institutes, helping local church members in their Baptist church to study the Bible on their own and to become a great student of the Scriptures. One of the greatest treasures that was given to me both by both my father and my pastor, Dr. Tom Duff, was a love for the Word of God, a love for the Bible. Uh, and, and I believe as church members, we ought to know this book. We ought to know what it says and what it means to us, how it applies to us. And then we ought to be able to effectively communicate that to somebody else. I'm a Baptist. I'm a Baptist by conviction. I'm not a Baptist because my dad is one. I'm not a Baptist because I grew up in a Baptist church. I'm a Baptist because this book made me one. 
And so we want to help folks learn the scriptures. Uh, and, and in addition to what the pastor's doing, on a, on a daily basis, folks can study the scriptures. We want to teach them how to do that. Well, that will be done with an online video Bible institute. We'll be teaching classes, and we have some that we're already very close to being able to put out, and, and uh, classes that, that will help the student learn the Bible, but then learn the ministry. How do I take what I've learned and use it in the ministry where God's placed me in my local church? It'll help uh, moms and dads better raise their children because they'll know the Bible better. It'll help Sunday school teachers be more effective in their teaching uh, of the Word of God. It will help uh, Sunday school teachers and, and bus workers and pastors. And, and so it's our desire to help with that. And that will be, uh, you'll see more of that online uh, with, on our website as we discuss some of those things. And, and you'll see the videos as they come along. Um, and so that's, that's uh, and then in, in the preparing also, um, we're, we're talking about uh, helping missionaries. We want to take the same things we're doing here and go to the mission field and assist the missionary there on the field as he's training the people in his ministry and the nationals in his location. We want to give him tools and help him as he trains those workers to do the work of God where God's placed them. God has given us a command to reach the world with the gospel. And because of that, uh, we've got to get busy doing it, but we can't do it alone. We need to involve other churches. And, and so that's my goal as an evangelist, uh, to help pastors, to train their people, to help missionaries as they train theirs. And, and so those are some of the things that, we're, that we're, we will be doing with Pulp and the Flame Ministries. And uh, we want you to be a part of that. Uh, first of all, we want you to do that by praying for us. Um, we're just launching out into that. We've just started scheduling meetings. And if you're a pastor listening to this, uh, we'd love to talk to you. And uh, we're available now. Uh, to schedule meetings and uh, to come to your church. So first of all, pray for us. Uh, help us help you by coming to your church. And then if you'd like to help us financially uh, to support our ministry, we'd welcome that. And one of the new things we just got set up, uh, many of you shop on Amazon.com. Uh, who does it, right? And, uh, and so uh, there's a, many of you know that there's a way to support uh, min or charities, nonprofits, uh, by going to smile.amazon.com. And you get to choose your, your charity that you're going to support. Well, Pulp of the Flame Ministries of Warren, Michigan is listed there. So just go to choose that, look us up. And as you shop like you normally do, a small percentage of that will come to Pulp of the Flame Ministries to help us in what we're trying to do for God. And we'd love for you to be a part of that. And so I uh, just wanted to share those things with you. I'd ask you to be a part. And, uh, and, but most of all, if you would pray for us. We could not do the things that we're trying to do for God without the help of God's people. And so we, we'd ask you to be a part of that. Now, the other things that we'd like to do is uh, just, you know, we, had, um, we have our, our, our prayer card that's out, and you can see that. I think I'm going to switch to that here in just a moment. And uh, you see that there on the screen, and this is our prayer card that lists our different ministries. Uh, it lists all of our contact information on it. And uh, we'll have that up on our webpage. You'll be able to download that. You can connect with us, follow us on Facebook, and follow us on Twitter, and, uh, and, and keep informed with our ministry. And uh, we'll give you some, some ways to connect with us, and we'd like to connect with you. And if you'll follow us in those areas, you'll see what we're doing, and you can pray for those ministries. And if we're in your area, uh, when we're out, out and about in the meetings, you can come and be a part of those. So I encourage you to get one of those, and uh, we'll be, uh, you know, we'll, uh, we'll we'll get ready to uh, to give some of those things to you. Now I got to figure out what I'm doing with my uh, 
uh, getting our, our uh, screen back because I've, uh, here we go, and uh, you'll have to bear with me. This is my first time being the engineer as well as uh, the speaker. So we're doing that, and uh, uh, I'm excited about what we're doing. You'll see us do a lot of other videos and things going on, but I want to give you just some instruction now on why we chose the name Pulpit of Flame. People have asked me that for years, and uh, I've been using that theme, that name, Pulpit of Flame Ministries, uh, for work that I've done in the ministry for many, many years. I started it uh, probably using it, in fact, I know in the 80s, uh, the first publications I put out was the first edition of um, the, uh, the uh, Moments with a Master uh, book in the early 80s. And we published that under the name of Pulpit of Flame Ministries. So I'd like to give you just a little bit of, an ex of a reason for that. And uh, it'll help you understand what we're trying to do. Uh, when I was a teenager, our youth group, uh, we had a phrase that we would use, you know, hey, that guy's on fire for God. And that, that, that youth group, man, they're on fire. We'd talk about churches that were on fire for God. We had a, you know, we'd sing those songs, set my soul afire, Lord, set my soul afire. And we would do that. And by that, we meant that, that we had folks that were around us that were just passionate in their commitment for God. Uh, they were trying to do something serious for God. They had great zeal. And this generation, if they need anything, they need a generation of believers who are ablaze for God. There are some examples in Scripture, I think, that would help us to understand this concept. Uh, the first one would be that of Jeremiah. Uh, Jeremiah preached at a very difficult time. Can you imagine be giving a ministry that God says, you're going to preach, but nobody's going to listen. Uh, you're going you're gonna to talk about judgment. You're going to tell the people of Israel to get right, and they just won't. And, uh, and that's exactly what Jeremiah did. And uh, he had the ministry where he was told nobody's going to walk the aisle. They're not going to listen to you, but I want you to preach the truth anyway. Well, you can imagine Jeremiah got a little bit discouraged. And so in doing that, he finally decided he wasn't going to do it anymore. And in Jeremiah chapter 20, verse number 9, he says, Then said I, I will not make mention of him nor speak any more in his name. Basically, he was saying, I quit. And listen to the rest of the verse. But his word was in my heart a burning fire shut up in my bones, and I was weary with forbearing and could not stay. What was he saying? Is I wanted to quit, but this book was inside of me, and it's alive, and it's on fire, and it set me on fire. He was, we word it today this way, he was lit up for God, and fire came from the Word of God and encouraged his heart. Well, that's what we're trying to do. Jeremiah was full of the Word of God, he was on fire and he had to serve God. Wasn't an option. It's interesting, Jesus described John the Baptist, his forerunner, this way in John 5 and verse number 35. He was a burning and shining light. And we were, and you were willing for a season to rejoice in his light. God said about John the Baptist, he was, he was on fire. He was a burning and shining light. Well, if you know anything about John the Baptist, he was on fire. Uh, in fact, the Bible says that the multitudes came out to see him in the wilderness. I love what Lester Roloff says about John the Baptist. He was God's bulldozer. Uh, he made straight the paths. He, he, you know, he, he straightened out their crooked ways, and he introduced the Savior. He did it in such a way that people noticed it. He was on fire. Uh, later on, even in Jesus, when he's preaching, he was compared by Herod to John the Baptist. No doubt for that kind of preaching. Jesus said in, in Matthew chapter 5, when he compares believers to a candle, a burning and shining light, he says, ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light to all that are in the house. 
Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. This world is dark with sin. We must be a light shining brightly on a hill for God. We must be bright and we must be seen. Jesus said, let your light shine. In the Psalms, God described this in Psalm 104 in verse number 4. He said, who maketh his angels spirits, his ministers, a burning, uh, flaming fire. This generation needs to see believers that are on fire for God. And so uh, that's, that's kind of the thought uh, that we have with uh, Pulp and Flame Ministries. Let me give you some attributes of fire. Uh, in 2 Corinthians 5, in verse number 14, the Bible says, For the love of Christ constraineth us, because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we're all dead. One thing about fire, fire consumes. It just burns you up. We as believers need to be consumed with the Word of God. We must be consumed with the work of God. We must be consumed with reaching people with the gospel. We've got to be consumed. Jeremiah 20, we just read this a little while ago, where then said I, I will not make mention of him nor speak any more in his name, but his word was in my heart as a burning fire shut up in my bones, and I was weary with forbearing, and I could not stay. Fire burns. The word of God ought to so burn within our hearts that we must tell someone about the Savior. One day somebody came to John Wesley and asked him, why do the multitudes come to hear you preach? And He said, when I preach, I set myself on fire and people come from miles around to watch me burn. And that's exactly what we have in mind. Uh, another thing that we see about fire uh, is in Acts 19. It says, many also of them, uh, Acts 19, 19, many of them also, which use curious arts, brought their books together and burned them before all men, and they counted the price of them and found it 50,000 pieces of silver. Here's what was going on. These group of people were saved out of a, of a life uh, that was totally void of God. Their, their background, their lifestyle was totally consumed with the world, and, and many of them uh, were dabbling in things that were just very unholy. When they got saved, the Bible says they brought those things together and they burned them. You know, when I was a teenager, I remember we'd go to camp or maybe we'd have a revival meeting and, man, some of us would come down and we'd walk down to the altar and we'd get right with God about something. And Young people that were, uh, that were struggling with the wrong kind of music, we'd see them the next night come back and bring their wrong music, their, their rock and roll music, their country music, and they would lay those things down on the altar. We'd then take them outside and have a big bonfire. So, oh, why would you do that? We don't want somebody else going back in to mess them with what we gave up. And so that's the idea. This is biblical separation. When we're on fire for God, we will be separated from the world. The world needs to see a group of believers that are brightly burning for God. We must remove those things in our lives that, that, that keep us from serving God with passion and with commitment. The other thing about fire I see is this. Fire spreads. It's interesting, back at the very beginning of Jesus' ministry, as he was introduced by John the Baptist and and John uh, told the people who Jesus was and, and, and introduced him. He said, Behold the Lamb of God which takes away the sin of the world. And, and then others came and, and began to follow him. And, and uh, one of those that came to follow was, was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. And then he went and told Simon Peter and said, We have found him. And they brought him to Jesus. And, you know, later on when John and, and, and Peter were, were serving the Lord in Acts uh, chapter number 4, 
they'd gone, Acts chapter 3, they'd gone and healed the lame man. They'd, they'd, they'd walked by into the temple. He was laying there asking of alms, begging for money. And uh, Peter and John looked at him and they said, look on us. And he did, expecting to see something, receive something of them. And then Peter ruined his day. Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have I give unto thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Uh, what he needed was Jesus. He didn't need money. He needed Jesus, and he needed to be healed, and he, he was healed. Well, the very next chapter, we see Peter and John got in trouble because of that. Uh, those at the, at the temple, they were mad. And uh, the, the, the chief priests, and them, they, they, they arrested them, and, uh, and they beat them, and, and they, you know, they asked them, uh, by what name have you done this? And of course, Acts 4.12, you know, neither is there salvation in any other. You know, he's, he's, they boldly proclaimed the name of Christ. And they beat them, told them, don't, don't preach anymore. It's interesting in Acts 4.17, it says, but, it, but that it spread no further among the people, let it straightly threaten them that they speak henceforth to no man in this name. Persecution came. But with that persecution, the gospel spread. Everybody knew the man that was lame now was walking. The man who for his whole life laid there at the temple gate asking for alms now was leaping and shouting and praising God. And people began to hear about it. In Acts chapter number 5, they were brought in before again. And it says this, saying, Did we not straightly command you that you should not teach in this name? Said, Didn't we tell you? Don't do this. And they said, Behold, ye have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine and intend to bring this man's blood upon us. And Peter and the other apostles said this, we ought to obey God rather than men. Those men, they were on fire for God, and because of that, it spread. When we talk about pulp of the flame, we're talking about the things that we believe, the gospel, our stand for Jesus Christ, being an old-time fundamentalist. We're talking about that spreading across the country and around the world. And, and so um, in Acts 1.8, the Bible says, But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and the uttermost part of the earth. The fire of the gospel should flow through us and spread throughout the whole world. You know, that's, that's what pulp of the flame means. Uh, you know, as we're, as we're dealing with this stuff, uh, with, with this idea of, of what is pulp of the flame and what are we trying to do, um, I just, just want to say this, Pulpit of Flame stands for old-time, red-hot, fiery preaching. Uh, I'm glad I grew up in a church that our pastor was a fireball of a preacher, and he'd bring in evangelists that would light us up. Uh, I mean, I remember growing up hearing, uh, you know, men like uh, Dr. Glenn Shunk. Man, if you've never heard Glenn Shunk, you haven't heard a preacher. Uh, his great sermon on the halls of hell. Man, I heard it when I was a little boy, scared me to death. After I got saved, I kept thinking about that one. And uh, I remember as a teenager, after I was saved, he came at our church and preached it again. And I remember sitting in my pew, said, I think I'm going to get saved again just to make sure. Now, I was joking, but man, what a great sermon. Uh, I'm talking about the sermons of Dr. Fred Brown. And then I remember Dr. Joe Boyd came and preached a big tent revival at our whole church and lit our town up. I, that's the kind of preaching I'm talking about. Uh, I've been preaching since 1975. And... And I love preaching. So we, we'd love to be able to come to your church to do with that and uh, to do that, just preaching. We, we want strong, fiery preaching. As I said earlier, um, on our website, we'll have those archives where you'll get to hear the men like Dr. Tom Duff, 
uh, my home pastor, Dr. Joe Boyd and Jack Howes and Tom Malone and Lester Roloff and Lee Robertson and Glenn Chunk, Fred Brown, oh, what a prince of preachers, and Dr. John R. Rice and Bill Rice and, and, and just we could go on and on. One thing about these men, they were not timid. They, like John the Baptist, were bold, powerful preachers of the gospel. Pulp of the Flame com will be a, a repository of audio sermons of those and video if we have them. We'd encourage you to visit those. And our goal is to make that known to the next, next generation. And so uh, that's, that's kind of our idea with what we're trying to do with Pulp of the Flame Ministries. And uh, we, we want you to, to, to just follow us. And uh, for this reason, we have a passion for another generation to experience the gospel. I've heard it said and I don't remember who I heard say a preacher in a meeting, that this generation of believers is, is responsible for this generation of sinners. And we as believers need to get real serious about this thing of reaching people with the gospel. And we do that in our local churches. We do that by carrying tracts and going soul winning. We do that by being a soul winner no matter where we are. Uh, but also we do that by getting to know this book so that when people have a question, we can answer it. We do that by then living what we learn. We, we do that by getting involved in the ministry somehow. And so, uh, again, we'd like to thank you for, for, for listening to us tonight, and I just want to give you a little bit of a Bible study. It's amazing how God works, how that uh, tonight we were planning on sitting in a church service, and we were going to do a video like this that uh, was kind of set up real, real formal in a studio and some of those kind of things. And uh, but because of the weather, and we're not, it's, we're not supposed to drive tonight. We decided to obey the law and uh, not get out on the streets and drive down to a church and and uh, and, and hear preaching. We just thought we'd come to you uh, this way through the media and through our Facebook live uh, live stream and uh, just introduce to you what we're trying to do. We covet your prayers. Um, we're excited about what God has for us. We're looking forward. Uh, to this new new adventure of faith. And I remember I was speaking recently with my good friend, uh, Brother Eric Tharp, and both of us are, are, are in new situations now. And uh, both of us have, have been kind of sharing with each other some things God has taught us and is teaching us. And one of the greatest things we're learning is that the just shall live by faith. And so... We ask for your prayers. We ask for you to be a part of what we're doing. Uh, we do ask you to connect with us and uh, just pray that God will continue to use us. And we're looking forward to see what God's going to do. I do ask you to just kind of you know keep an eye on the on the webpage here and follow us on the on the social media because uh, we'll make announcements of different videos and things. One of the big things we're planning on doing uh, with videos like this is we'll take um, six to ten minutes to describe. Uh, Bible doctrines, and you'll see a series of those coming out, uh, things that you'll have questions about. Uh, maybe some guys at work are asking you, and we'd welcome you to maybe send us a, a, um, uh, just a message to us and uh, email to us and let us know, hey, I'd like to know something about this. And, and it's our goal uh, to take the truths of the Bible and give it to you in a way that you can easily understand it and be able to share that with somebody else. And, uh, and so we ask you to, again, uh, pray for us, follow us. Uh, here as we try to serve the Lord through Pope of the Flame Ministries and as we try to go forward for God, let's do it together. And uh, so we look forward to hearing from you. Again, we'd like to ask you to pray for us. And then uh, just keep that, that song in your mind. I would sing it for you, 
but we don't want you to turn, turn, turn off the live stream right now. But uh, the thought of set my soul afire, Lord, set my soul afire. We need God to light us up. You know, this, in, in, in this day and age, when we have a society so against the things of God, we need some Christians that are just excited about being saved. One of the things you see about the New Testament believers, their Christianity was not a jacket they put on for Sunday. It was what they did every day of the week. Saul of Tarsus, when he got saved, everything changed. Uh, when he trusted Christ as his Savior, it's amazing to see how that man who was wide open with zeal for stopping Christianity became one of the greatest voices of all time for the Savior. And so uh, we desire to help you do that. You pray for us, we'll pray for you. Again, thank you for being with us tonight, and uh, we look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Let me pray with you, Father. I, I want to thank you for the opportunity we've had to be with the folks tonight. I pray you take the thoughts about being on fire for God and serving God with passion and clarity. Would you help us? this week to be brightly shining for you. May people see us and see the Savior. May our light so shine that they do see our good works and glorify our Father which art in heaven. And we, we've asked this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you again for being with us tonight. Uh, again, we, we're so glad that you listened and we look forward to, to hearing from you soon. God bless you.